Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Introducing the TikTok Viral Lash Serum Grande Lash MD from the leaders in Lash and Brow Care Grande Cosmetics. Backed by 15 years of real clinical results, where 91% saw longer-looking lashes. With over 35,000 five-star reviews, this product started a lash serum revolution. With over 10 million sold and over 100 award wins brand-wide, believe the hype. Start your lash transformation today and get 15% off using code LASHES15. I'm so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, Music Masters Collective hosts different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Bill Frizzell, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Julian Lodge, Mark Rabot, Wayne Krantz, Oteil Burbridge, The Milk Carton Kids, and so many more. At an event like Alternative Guitar Summit Camp happening this August, you can expect in-depth workshops with guitar masters, once-in-a-lifetime performances, the opportunity to play alongside your favorite musicians, and a lot of fun. You'll leave this event packed full of wisdom and with a whole community of musicians to create with. This all-inclusive week in the Catskills Mountains of Upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, but spots are extremely limited. So visit www.alternativeguitarsummitcamp.com backslash inside to learn more. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Inside the Musician's Brain. I'm your host, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters. And I just took a few weeks off from the podcast, but I'm back to round out season two with four more new episodes coming out over the next few months. And some great stuff teed up that I'm excited about. I'm really excited about the interview I've got for you today with my buddy Oliver Wood from the incredible band The Wood Brothers. Cannot say enough great things about their music or about Oliver's solo stuff. He has a killer new solo record called Always Smiling that's out now. And the three singles from that record, Face of Reason, Fine Line, and Kindness, have been on repeat over here. Check them out. And we just got into a really great, interesting conversation. Oliver hipped me to the fact that he's been checking out some 
cool different songwriting techniques and trying to understand how our brains work and how creativity works. Lots of really cool stuff. So stick around for that. Inside the Musician's Brain is brought to you by Osiris Media, curators of all kinds of amazing podcast content. And we're also brought to you by EMG Pickups, makers of all kinds of really high quality instrument pickups, mostly known for their electric guitar stuff, but they also have great pickups for the acoustic instruments. I use the ACB barrel in my banjo, have for years, really reliable, easy to install, and great company, all made in the USA, and have really enjoyed working with Rob Turner, who owns EMG. We've, we've worked together to kind of fine-tune that banjo pickup, and they're doing a killer job. So check out EMG for all your pickup needs. Okay, so I want to share some intel with everyone today, some, some really interesting stuff that I've been researching and learning about. This ties into this really awesome, heady conversation I had with Oliver. was really inspired by that. And we were talking about meditation and songwriting and how the brain works. And this certainly ties into that. Recently, I'd say in the last few months, the idea of breathing and breath work and our breath has really been crossing my radar over and over. And so I've, I've checked it out and I've, I've really started to learn some interesting things and put some of it into practice as well. I'm definitely not any kind of expert, but I want to share some of this because it's, it's really interesting and I think it could be really helpful. You know, it's crazy. We breathe all day long. But for me, it's not really something that I've thought too much about or been intentional about the way that I breathe or how changing that could potentially affect me. And, you know, Andy Hall, of course, our String Dusters Dobro player, who is great to talk to about anything like this. Andy has researched and I think also practiced a lot of these things. And he hipped me to this idea that breath work, especially the last few months of my life have been pretty chaotic. And of course, the last year has been chaotic. And Andy was showing me how simple breathing exercises can really help reduce stress and, and, and you know, bring you back to center. And even bigger than that, I've noticed in, in my case that when I play music, oftentimes my breathing is compromised. It's shallow and kind of erratic, and it makes it hard to flow and really hard to emote and be one with your instrument. And that inspired me as well to learn more about this and try to understand what's going on and undertake some kind of meaningful practice to improve breath patterns and in turn improve my flow. Of course, the goal of all this is just to be more relaxed and more present which is a challenge in music, but it's also a challenge in life. So this is definitely a big picture thing. So Andy had mentioned it as it relates to kind of life in general, and I was already starting to feel it for myself as it relates to music and performance. And then I just started hearing it. It just kind of started popping up all around, like the universe, like nudging me in that direction to see what's there. It came up multiple times at this really cool event called Banjo Summit that I was a part of a few weeks ago. Great virtual event with all these incredible teachers, musicians who I really look up to. And we were doing workshops and performances 
online and twice uh ben krakauer good buddy of mine killer player and the one and only bela fleck both mentioned the importance of breathing and the connection between a relaxed focused state and deep full breaths and ben was talking about how when he wants to try and be more relaxed when he plays that'll be the thing that he puts his attention on making sure that his breaths are full because you know, there's only so many things we can focus on when we're trying to do something at a high level, only so many mantras we can keep in the front of our brain. And that might be a great one to check out for musicians or, like I said, for anyone doing, honestly, anything. And those those mantras change through our life, the things that we're focusing on and trying to improve at. But at some point, I think looking at your breath can really potentially make a huge difference. And so I, yeah, heard heard about it at Banjo Summit, was kind of inspired to dig deeper, started checking out some TED Talks. And of course, there are some incredible ones related to breathing and breath work. Check out Breathe to Heal by Max Strom, really dug that one. And he looks at how breathing exercises can lower blood pressure, reduce stress, and basically kind of immediately alter our physical state or trick our body into feeling more calm, more focused. And he does the four, seven, eight breathing exercise, which is a cool place to start. Really simple. We just breathe in for four, hold that for seven, and then breathe out for eight. So let's do it. Let's do a couple reps right here. So we're going to go in for four, inhale, two, three, and now hold. And now exhale, two, three. Now inhale, two. hold. And now out, eight. And there we go. Two reps of a very simple breathing exercise. How did that? make you feel. Check it out. And there's all sorts of variations on that. And it can really alter your state almost immediately. It's it's really cool. It's really crazy. Also, checking out this book, Breathe, by James Nestor, which I've been seeing around. And the main takeaway from that, he talks all about the history and anatomy and why we've evolved away from breathing through our nose and gravitated toward breathing through our mouth, which is a lot less healthy for you. So you take a deep breath through your nose, that air is filtered and also warmed up as it enters your body. So much better for you. And he also talks about taking deeper breaths and breathing more slowly and rhythmically and how good that is for your body. So those are some of the biggest takeaways from the book Breathe. The science of all this stuff is just overwhelming. Like you learn about the science and then you just have to try it. And I, I think a simple layman's terms, scientific explanation to me, I understood it as, you know, we're in a certain situation, we breathe a certain way. So if we're stressed, scared, anxious, we breathe a certain way. Or if we're relaxed, we breathe a certain way. And that breathing elicits the production of certain chemicals in our body, cortisol. It, it changes the composition of your body. So we are just mimicking those breathing patterns to elicit that 
physical response. There are actually, you know, we are actually changing the composition of our bodies by doing this. So that's the scientific end, pretty undeniable. But it's when you put it into practice yourself that you see what it can do for you. So in my case, I've been trying to do a couple things. One is practice banjo really slowly and just focus on taking those good, deep breaths. And it's hard. It's tricky to stay to stay concentrated on that, but I've been working on that. Like anything, it only gets better with practice. And I've also been trying to do that four, seven, eight exercise, or even a, a more basic rhythmic, just in for four, out for four, through the nose, and do these, you know, momentary exercises that can just make you feel better, help you focus, help with clarity. They can help you with sleep potentially. There's another huge TED talk on breathing that talks about recovering from PTSD. So there's all kinds of just amazing things that can be achieved and changed about ourselves by adding a little intention and thought to an activity that I don't think, I know I didn't give a lot of attention and thought to. And a real quick shout out to my man, Ben Kaufman, bass player for the amazing Yonder Mountain String Band. If you've ever noticed, Ben has the word breathe tattooed on his forearm. And that was another piece that inspired me to learn more and had a really interesting convo with Ben who corroborated a lot of this stuff and something that he's focused on as well. And indeed that word is there for a very good reason. It is a simple reminder of the amazing power of breathing. So check that out. See what you can find out. There's a lot in there. And I think it's just one of those overarching health themes that if you could stand to build a little awareness into your daily life around your breathing, it could make a huge difference, but it doesn't really change much for you. You know, you don't have to start some, undertake some huge new practice or change your patterns drastically. It's just a little bit of awareness. So let's jump ahead now to my conversation with the amazing Oliver Wood. His new record, Always Smiling, is out everywhere now. This guy is a total badass. Here we go. Well, I know a man, and he's always smiling. I know a man, and he's always smiling. It looks so easy, he could be flying. I know a man, and he's always smiling. You must lean into it. All right, we're here on Inside the Musician's Brain and so excited about my guest today. He is one third of one of my favorite bands out there and just a, a great guy, great musician with a killer new record out, Oliver Wood. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. So talk to me, brother. How you been? It's, it's been a crazy year to say the least. Have you been keeping busy? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing fine, actually. It has been a crazy year. Like, um, I have, like, I'm just thinking about it. it's beyond a year now, but, um, it is, but yeah, this last year was, um, crazy for me. Like anyone else, I, I went through the same weirdness, weird vibes, um, ups and downs. And, um, for the most part, I, I got a lot of positives out of it, and um, I was creative and productive, and um, didn't make much money, <laughs> but like <laughs> anyone else. But uh, but at the same time, I made stuff, which and, and sound and and words and stuff, and that was fun. And I got to spend 
a lot more time with my family than I normally would uh, during That's awesome. the tour, touring. If I, had to, you know, if I had to choose between making money and making stuff, it would be it would be stuff ten times yeah. out of ten. So no brainer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, interesting because. You put out a record, or you're, 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 you have a record coming out that's called yep. Always Smiling, which, yep. which is um, a rare sort of moment of positivity and what I think many, many people have seen as a very challenging time. But this record obviously came together here in the recent past, and it, and it, does, have, it does have a really positive theme, which, which isn't necessarily the norm right now. Yeah, well, for the most part, and I, I bet I'm not the only one who tried to... Uh, try to keep things up and and sometimes uh you know i think some of the songs that i've uh used for for healing uh throughout my life have been have had a positive uh bent to them but sometimes they can be angry you know there's a couple things on the record that are a little more uh angry or at least acknowledging how messed up things are and um, yeah well, that's all right too that's a cool thing about making music and art in general is that you can work some things out with it. And, and is that yeah. what you just said a really interesting thing right there, which is using music for healing and you're referring yeah. to your own songs and getting, getting things out that are inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for that matter, consuming music myself and listening yeah. to music and, and, you know, I, I say this all the time to remind myself that, uh, you know, as as touring musicians, you know, we're, we sacrifice a lot. Like we're gone a lot. We're gone from our families and our loved ones. And and um, and as I get older, I'm like, some you know, I have those times out there. I'm like, what the heck am I doing out here? I could be home with my. I got a 12 year old right now who who you know I don't want to miss stuff. You know, I get um, it. But the ultimate thing that always brings me back to it's just when people come up and say hey your music heals me you know it make it got me through a tough time or or um or just made me happy when i when i was really depressed or whatever and then you just realize oh yeah this is important work and it's that that healing and connectivity that comes from it that we do take for granted when we're all burnt out as as players you know yeah. and we're <clears throat> busting our buns and and sort of forgetting about oh god we got a, a real life at home or, or another life you know yeah man your music has done that for me i'm not gonna lie I've ah, listened, thank you i really have listened to the wood brothers probably as much as as any band in recent years and wow thank you yeah man you guys really have a special thing and a sound i think that resonates and the muse i just listened to like crazy mm. and um yeah, you guys, you guys really have such an expressive sound, and I think that's not only in the vibe of the music and the way that you guys play, but also the songs and the lyrics, man. It really is, it, it is something that, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it, you know, you, you can identify <laughs> with all manner of messages from positive to, to yeah. things that are hardships for us. There's just a lot in there to relate to and a presentation artistically that's it's really cool and really beautiful at times and that edgy and dirty it's just it's just great man and your new record has got you know is is a is a very i mean it's it's very much got its own thing and and i love the the uniqueness but it it carries a lot of those same qualities to me sure sure same strand absolutely yeah so let's talk about this new record what okay. how long you know how, how long has this been coming together for well um honestly i 
before the pandemic, um, kind of the the whole entire year before the pandemic, I started getting excited about just collaborating with some people outside of the Wood Brothers just for fun, you know, Mm -hmm. just to connect with my fellow musicians who who some new people that I met, like Phil Cook, um, uh, was a guy that I, that worked on a couple of the songs with me when he was in town. Um, Carsey Blanton, one of, one of my co-writers, um, Chris Long. These are people who, who um, you know, I would catch them when they were in town and we would write songs. And something I should mention is that we're, with the Wood Brothers, we're blessed to now have, we've had it for the last three years, a really cool studio space. Oh, cool. So that means that no matter what, we're working on we have a place to do it and a place to actually record it if we want to man what a great Um, outlet for every part of the process writing demos tracking yeah that's huge yeah so um you know so when people came in town i would take them to the studio and we would either write a song or write and record a song or just record um so anyway, that year before the pandemic, I started, we had finished our Wood Brothers album called Kingdom in My Mind, and, and I had a little lull. And so when people came into town, I would I would start recording. And it was just collaborating for the sake of doing it and for the sake of um, doing stuff that I wouldn't be able to do with the Wood Brothers. And um, so, you know, in that year, I recorded maybe three or four things, basic tracks, maybe re- wrote a few tunes. It wasn't until the pandemic hit that I I started getting back to that stuff because there was nothing else going on. I wasn't yeah. touring. Um, and so I finished a few of those things and even put out a single um, and a B-side with uh, that I worked on with Phil Cook called Soul of This Town. And the B-side was Battle Is Over. And those are songs that, are, that ended up on the album. But at that point, I still didn't have an album in mind. I was just like, oh, let's put out a single. And uh, and then after a while, I started writing some more. And, and before I knew it, I had enough for an album. And so I was like, why not? There's still nothing else going on. I might yeah. as well set a goal for myself and have, you know, keep myself creative and busy. So so it was not until halfway into the pandemic that I, I decided I was making an album. Well, it's a killer record. Man. And I, <clears throat> I have you. to say, I was I was proud of myself <clears throat> because... Um, I think my three favorite jams on there, Fine Line, Face of Reason, and Kindness, those are the three singles. Those are the first three singles, right? <laughs> you called them. So, I, and I swear to God, I'm not, I, I, didn't, I didn't even look. I had, the, I had all the raw tracks and I was spinning them. And, nice. Um, and I love all the songs, but there's some really cool, some really cool thematic stuff on here. And I was just Thank curious you. to know, like Kindness, is that about someone specific? Uh, well, the the you know the phrase kindness is my religion is i'm pretty sure the dalai lama said that okay great um, that's that's a quote from the dalai lama and uh so of course that's an inspiration but more specifically i think um you know when over this last year when we were going through not only pandemic but a lot of social upheaval and and divisiveness and stuff uh you know there were certain people that to me in my life that really helped me stay positive um so that song is not about me it's about what i aspire to be you know 
uh, it's which a, is off, off in the case. But like, you know, we all know people like that that are kind of just seem, and I'm sure sometimes they're dark on the inside like any of us, but, uh, but sometimes there's people who just seem to always be up or always um, make something good out of a bad thing. And um, so I was thinking about those people. So I, that, that I know. Yeah, know. no, I get it. There's so much inspiration there when you yeah. encounter someone. And that's something I try to tell myself periodically if things are hard to remember the perspective of, <coughs> yeah. you know, sometimes you come across like a homeless person and they just seem yeah. so light, you know, and they all face things. on. Yeah. We all have things that we're working through on the inside. However, there's a real value in that which we project out to the world. Yes. And sharing that kind of energy. So that's cool. That's kind of what I've figured. It's sort of a catch all for people in your life who <coughs> totally. help to push you in because you need that inspiration around you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, it comes back around to me every time with the, the idea of being connected um, with not not only with others, but with yourself. And I think that's, you know, that's one thing that like as touring musicians, for instance, we may have taken for granted, but like, you know, we're used to being on stage in a big, in a theater or whatever with, with lots of other people. And there's that, there's the moment during a concert or there's pretty much the whole concert where everybody puts aside their politics, whatever might be div divisive, you know, mm -hmm. and everybody's on the same wavelength. And it's it's way bigger than just people admiring an artist. You know what I mean? It's like the artist and the crowd become one awesome love fest. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, and so, you know, that was taken away from us. And, and um, I don't know if you've been back out to do any. I'm sure you guys have been back to do a couple gigs here and there for sure. And we it's have. Like, it's like, wow, does that feel good? You know, that's that's I've sure missed that part, especially, yeah. you know. Um, but I find like uh, uh, that's the kind of, you know, the, those those kindness kind of quote, always smiling people are the ones sometimes that keep, help us stay connected. Um, and uh, it's been pointed out to me, you know, that my album's called Always Smiling, but all my promo shots are like, you know, <laughs> not smiling because I hate photo shoots. <laughs> um, but uh, just more reminder for me is like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, I put I actually put a photo of myself on the back of the album cover that is actually me smiling because it's like at a live show like we were just playing a show and so a candid shot it's cool. like now that's me naturally but like on a photo shoot I'm, I look like a jerk <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, that was digression there well and and I noticed I, I was really psyched to notice when I looked at the credits I think both on Fine Line and Face of Reason you've got Nick Falk on drums percussion and um, Eric Robertson and Aaron Lip, who used to yeah. play together, and it was really so. I've played with Nick a bunch. I, mean, I, I know all those guys. I've played with Nick and Eric, but I've um, played with Nick a bunch. And I was just curious <laughs> yeah. how did how did you cross? How are you connected with those guys? So um, the the three guys that you mentioned, who are actually on Fine Line and Kindness, those two songs. Oh, that's right. My bad. Um, no work. No worries. Um, so those guys, um, I remember. 
they had a, a band called the Boston Boys a long time ago. Yes, that's and I think right. they're all weren't they all? I don't know about Aaron, but the rest of those guys were Berkeley. They met. They were college kids together, anyway. That's and right. at one point, they did a couple shows with the Wood Brothers, and and they already knew a bunch of our songs and stuff. And they were amazing musicians and just yeah. really nice, nice guys. Somebody tell me what's the reason nobody is satisfied. Jump around from one to another. Don't they know it gets cold outside? It's a fine line between love and lust. Between truth and trust Yeah, dreams and dust Yeah, it's a fine line Between a hope and a prayer Some place and nowhere Yeah, well it's a fine line Fine line Yeah, we're walking it all the time So I stayed in touch with them They eventually asked if I wanted to produce a record for them and they eventually turned into the rigs the i rigs. think and the, the rondo right. rigs eventually even <clears throat> due to legal threats or something um so anyway i produced a record with for them and um which was so fun and so great and uh and became tight with them and sadly they broke up like a year later and they all do different stuff but they're super talented guys great fit for your stuff oh so good and, um, you know, they're all uh, 20 years younger than me. So um, probably more than that, but we don't have to. Yeah. So, so so what's your plan as far as touring this record? Do you do you I know probably a lot of these songs will integrate really well with with the Wood Brothers. But do you have plans to do anything on the I do. road it's, that focuses yeah. on this stuff? Yeah, I've already done a little tour and I've got another tour in, in um in July with this group, which is really just me and John O'Ricks from the Wood Brothers and Ted Pecchio, who played bass on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's it's tough. I mean, we have a pretty full Wood Brothers schedule starting in the, in uh, in August. We we have a tour in June and then in August and then for the rest of the year, it's sort of the two weeks on, two weeks off. So it'll be tricky for me to really tour like like one would normally tour on an album, but. Right. Um, that's okay. I didn't do it to. Uh, I just did it to did it to do it. You know. So that was. We'll see what happens. Well, just, I'm glad you did. It's nice man. to put the music out I'm in the glad world. Glad you did. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. I had a solo dance party last night. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's not nice. a lot of jams that can get me going that way. But. Um, nice. So, man, let's let's talk about songwriting because you're you're such yes. a gifted songwriter, <laughs> and you know it's been amazing to see the wood brothers emerge as such a force and what a great outlet for for your stuff take us inside your process you know is songwriting something that is always going on for you do you work on it in more concentrated chunks how does that look yeah it's it's kind of always going on but there are definitely times when i really concentrate on it and i always notice when finishing a project that i sort of have a lull and i just take a creative break. Um, but I try to, to uh, you know, I keep notebooks around and, and like all of us, I have millions of voice memos of little, on my phone, little ideas and um, whether musical or lyrical or both. Um, so that's always happening. And then, you know, that was one thing that, that helped me get 
creatively focused was when I decided I was making an album and created a, a structure a little bit like, okay, I, I'm going to try to be done by this date. And then I, I was a little more disciplined about just showing up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my process can be any everything from, uh, you know, writing music and lyrics together, coming up with musical ideas and saving them and then writing on them later, trying to marry, you know, uh, thick things out of my notebook with things that I've recorded musically and see if they'll go together at random. Yeah. Um, so, so a little bit of everything. Um, and I'm a, I'm a real nerd these days about the songwriting process and and just the, the way the brain works creatively in general. So I've read a lot of, uh, you know, biographies, autobiographies of, of, iconic songwriters and less iconic ones and cool uh, what are you what are you learning well i'm just fascinated you know i've always been fascinated when people always talk about uh inspiration or the muse or whatever you want to call it that that sort of intangible and that thing that you really don't have control over sure um and it just sometimes you get inspired and other times you don't and as a as a writer or as any creative person you obviously have those inspired times where your that side of your brain is just playing and having fun and putting stuff out there mm-hmm. um and then you have that sort of logical um side of your brain that organizes things and that wants control and that actually is judgmental and sort of uh, helps in the end for you to get organized, maybe to or, you know arrange a song or or whatever. But during the creative process, it tends to get in the way and and it can really mess things up. So does that mean that you you try to have almost like a free period where you're not worried about the more disciplined side of things and you're just sort of letting the ideas free associate and flow? Yes, and and this is a new. I'm consciously doing that more i'm I'm making an effort to say you know what it doesn't there's nothing at stake here just go just do stuff and try to try to get to that playful place where you just create stuff and uh you know we discovered something with the wood brothers uh, a couple years ago that i really stuck with this idea and, and thought about it a lot um where when we got our new studio, we all just, we were just getting set up and the engineer, uh, we just wanted to see what it sounded like, right? So we all set up in this big room and there was one mic put on the drums and, you know, I think there was a guitar, electric guitar and a electric bass. So mics on those things and then a room mic, but very minimal, but we recorded it to tape. Like it's, it was uh, a hi-fi recording, if you will, for just a jam session. So all mm-hmm. we were trying to do is see how the room sounded. So we spent a good part of the day just improvising, and um, and not we weren't playing songs. We weren't in making an album mode, even a song mode. We were just like listening. You know how it is. I mean, you you play in a band that's full of improvisers, right? You're used to that thing where let's just listen to each other and have a musical conversation, right? For sure. And 
you know, that is when your brain is in play mode, is in inspiration mode. When you're just reacting, you're not following any form, any structure. <clears throat> it's just like playing, right? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, we went back and listened to that stuff. And we were like, that's what's got to be on the album because we're never going to capture that again. You know, you could take something that you that you jammed on and then relearn it and then record it. But at that point, you're going to be using your logical brain because you're going to be playing a part. Oh, yeah, we did this and this is how it worked. It's just like when you're trying to play a song, you're in a different frame, in a different frame of mind. You're playing parts. Yeah. And you're thinking logic and, and structure. So we we started doing we did several days worth of improvisations like that. And then we wrote songs on top of those and actually cut them up and, and used them. And so you the actually first, used those those tracks as on the, the album. On the right. album. How cool so is that? um so for the for my new record, same thing, you know, you were talking about um Nick Falk and Rick Roberts Robertson and um and Aaron. He told uh, me to yeah. ask you about the extended jam. So we <laughs> We for kindness that that was not kindness yet. All it was was us sitting in a circle and uh, and playing and just listening. And I just started jamming and see. I think I had a, a six string. I mean a twelve string guitar tuned down to C, and I just started riffing on it. And it sounded really weird. And everybody just joins in. Um, and, and no, after, no progression, no nothing. That no, all, nothing. all just comes a on the fly. Okay. Just a groove uh, okay. with Nick Falk playing a chicken coop. I saw that in the line uh, notes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but then every once in a while, I would just say E flat. And everybody goes to E flat. And then back to C. You know? And then at one time, it was like ooh, F. You know? Just calling out uh, somewhat random. You know, no, no song in mind. The idea was, oh, I've been, I've, I've done this before, and I know that we can just have fun, and we'll try a few different keys in case someday I want to make a progression out of it. You know? So then, ultimately, do you take that stuff and edit it? Yeah. Or, okay, so you you'll be like, all right, hey, this chunk here is a verse, and then this exactly. could work as okay. So then you and you go through and you sort of build a song form out of the yeah. Pieces. So okay. so you can build a song form, and sometimes there's not a lot of building to do. Like some of the transitions between sure. keys were totally great as they were. Some of them needed a little bit of like uh, a little more editing than others. But the point is, w what I love about it is that you know when you're when you're not playing a song you you might step on a guitar solo or you might get in each other's way or there might be a drum fill in a weird place but sometimes that it so it's it's not completely logical but it just feels good cuz you're having fun sure. so even the mistakes even the the clashes in in uh, in in tonality or whatever can be really pleasant there's happy accidents all over the place that Man, and you would never so get cool. that otherwise so that's so cool i'm inspired so that song, now i want to go, go try it's, that it's so fun it's yeah. so fun to compose like that um and uh so anyway that song kindness for instance was uh from that session with those guys and then it was really like a year later during the pandemic that I wrote on top of it and I started cutting it up 
and and it was and then I just had John O'Riggs play a drum track to kind of glue it together. Got top. it. Okay, so um, so you you have these chunks. Take us through the process of you have this recording, and then you want to dig into it and see if there's a song there. Are you actually like? sitting at a recording console, moving chunks around, or are you just kind of looping things and playing along with them? How does that work? Um, I don't think it's a little bit of everything, but for okay. the most part, it's just like, here's the groove, I really like it, and I've got it in my head, and I start writing. Okay. Um, and then, you know, gradually you go back and listen, what happens here? Ooh, it's going up to E flat, that's gonna be my chorus, you know? Cool. And. Uh, and then the one time that it goes to F, that's going to be the bridge or the solo or whatever. So it, it's it's uh, there's no one method. It's just kind of sitting with it and and feeling it out. And is that is that the part where okay. you move in? Do you consider that kind of the part where you move into more of the organizational yeah. mode? Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so you know, for instance, at the end of that day that we jammed, we had the extended jam. Well, that then I taught them a song that I knew already, which was Fine Line. And so the same group that had just spent all day jamming with no form at all, suddenly had to learn a song where we played it a few times, um, sang it. I sang it live. We just played it. It was done. So. It was kind of cool to combine those two processes on the same day. Yeah. And one of them left me with all this raw material, and the other one was a finished song, you know? Stick around. We will be right back after this very short break. your lumps each day. They're handed out. Introducing the TikTok Viral Lash Serum Grande Lash MD from the leaders in Lash and Brow Care Grande Cosmetics. Backed by 15 years of real clinical results, where 91% saw longer-looking lashes. With over 35,000 five-star reviews, this product started a lash serum revolution. With over 10 million sold and over 100 award wins brand-wide, believe the hype. Start your lash transformation today and get 15% off using code LASHES15. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. You have no doubt. But I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to charge forward here because I feel like what I've gotten interested in since Please, is yeah. like when you're sitting by yourself and you're writing something, what, and it doesn't matter if it's lyrics or music, but, you know, how do you put yourself into that? Uh, can you purposely put yourself into that frame of mind of inspiration and not logic? 
You know what I mean? It's like what it feels you like you can't control. But well, what I've learned, uh, there are methods. You know what I've cool. learned from from reading and from my own experience, and then it being sort of confirmed by oh, Paul Simon does that. Oh, Tom Waits does that. You know. Uh, yeah, lay some. Me- what, what are some of these methods? I mean, really simple stuff, and I think it, people stum- stumble on this. Like, you ever notice that while you're driving, you're like a lot of times I get so many ideas if I'm on a drive. Like if I'm just have a long drive, um, stuff starts coming to me. Or walking. If I'm just on a walk, I might have my headphones on, or I might just be walking through the park or down the street. Um, so as it turns out, I think um, what happens is your your logical mind, which we're, which I'm trying to distract and get out of the way, has to, some part of that mind has to focus on whatever little menial thing you're doing. So hmm. to, in order to drive, it takes a certain amount of concentration sure. and, and yeah, same thing, just walking down the street, you, you at least have to balance and stay in a straight line, right? Um, so like when I'm writing something and I'm stuck, sometimes I'll go on a drive or I'll go on a walk. If you, if you, I read about Paul Simon, his whole thing was when he was working on a lyric, he'll take a baseball and a glove and he just throws a baseball against the wall and catches it, you know, but some kind of, it could be just anything like that, you know, for, and, and is that, is that like a, uh, that's like the raw inception phase when you want something to just come up from the depths the goal is to kind of occupy your mind so it's got a a simple task to do and then to sort of see what what springs up that's like the that's like the inception phase yeah the inception phase or you know sometimes that's a phase that comes naturally like like just because you're in a cool frame of mind but then what if you're in the middle of the of the writing okay now you're okay, the hard part you. so this is more like when i get stuck like okay i wrote right. a great chorus right. but but like what happens now I, I i'm forcing it i keep forcing it i keep thinking i know what i'm doing and it's not happening so that's when i'll like go on a walk or or try something to get out of my box and uh, um here's other things you know Get a get a really crappy instrument or an instrument that you're not used to or a new tuning or something like that um, where you just you know when you're when you're playing your old your your old trusty thing that you always know how it's going to sound you, you just do all the same shit you do For all the sure. same stuff For and sure. you get in a rut right but then if somebody hands you their vintage something cool and it just has a mojo to it or they or you get like a child's instrument you know like a something crappy it could be something exotic whatever but it's not what you're used to you almost have to like distract yourself exactly that's exactly what it and and get your your get excited and inspired by something because it's new or it's uncomfortable or you know what i mean yeah or yeah, it's just I, exciting. I love that, and that really resonates because I know you know when I'm doing, and most of the writing that I do is instrumental, and of course the string dusters we yeah. collaborate on a lot of writing. But whenever I'm doing you know sort of workshops for more like banjo oriented, I always tell people when it comes to writing music, you know a lot of times that first thing that's so exciting, that hook or that that's like the easy part. Yeah, finishing things, which includes yeah. this step of the process that you're talking about, where you still need 
that some measure of inspiration, but you also need to push it down the road where you need, you need yeah. verses, you need things to change it up. You need a bridge, whatever. And yeah, I love that. That's like, it's a, it's a really cool methodology. I, I really like, I like that there, you, you can't force something, but you can try things to put yourself in a different frame of mind. You could chug a bunch of bourbon. That could help. That helps me. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, the other thing that's related to this is that I've read um, and come to understand, like I think another insight from Paul Simon or Jeff Tweedy has a great book about songwriting now. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think this has to apply to songwriting or lyrics. This, this applies to anything creative or even anything that's like problem solving. Maybe you're an inventor or a or a mathematician or a scientist, and you're trying to think outside the box. You know, that's how, how new things happen. Um, but what the other kind of thing that I'm trying to get used to is, it, it sounds a little bit woo-woo, but like you, you want to try to follow, uh, don't try to lead the song. In other words, when you're trying to create something, don't feel like you're in control and you know what's going to happen. You need to more have a sense of wonder and discovery. So you have to follow it. I love it. So you have to put yourself in a frame of mind that you can get somewhere else and discover something new about it or follow the inspiration. It's not like you can push it. And so sometimes for me, the minute I think, oh, I know what the song's going to be about and I'm just try to force it through and then I'm to paint myself in a corner somehow or I feel like oh, I just ruined it you know um, or I got stuck so it's important to to keep that sort of humble um, approach like you have something to follow and learn and discover rather yeah. than I'm a I'm a genius I'm gonna make this happen you have to um, relinquish control you, know? you have to listen you and have, listen exactly right. you, you have to listen and um that's a that really applies for being that's the same exact you know when you're on stage and you feel like you're in a rut you're playing the same thing you know whether you're a soloist performer any any yeah. strand of of art i think the more you try to tune into what's around you then then you really start to find things so how does that part of Absolutely. the process look look for you i mean you know when you obviously ultimately you need to get to writing a song do you yeah. have do you write like on guitar do you ever you know play other instruments like how does how does that part go it's mostly guitar but i really do find like switching it up and i have a lot of uh well i have a handful of like weird uh i, I really like old instruments but i have a handful like weird ones like little parlor guitars and like cool this actually belongs to a friend of mine but this is like an old 30s cowboy love it you know something you would have bought at sears or something but somehow if i get a vibe from an instrument it doesn't have to be a good instrument it just has to be have something that catches my ear so anyway uh, point is i like to switch things up or try a guitar that's tuned really low or I've gotten really into, I have a guitar now that has a rubber bridge, acoustic guitar, so that it doesn't sustain at all. <laughs> or I've started using a slide that's made of wood because cool. 
and a same idea, no sustain. Yeah. You know, it still has that untempered thing that you get with slide, right? It's like, yeah, there's no frets anymore, but it, instead of like, it's singing like a, like you normally go for sustain. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it just ruins the note, just, and it just dies. But, you know, things like that, when you have a new sound or a new challenge involved, oftentimes that's the very thing that, that, the most important thing it does is it puts you in that inspired frame of mind instead of the logical organizational frame of mind. So, so you know, it's easy to, I think, like you were saying, uh, the easy part is that, that original um, inspiration, but the hard part is keeping that ins- inspiration. Yeah, and, and so, finishing things. And, and finishing things. And obviously you need the logical part of your brain to, to really do it. But I always find just, I think the ultimate is kind of going back and forth. You work with inspiration for a while and then logic, but don't get stuck in logic. Go back and forth, you know. Now, do you feel like the logical part is just pretty readily accessible? You know, we're talking about cool techniques to kind of activate the more inspiration element of this. But do you feel like the logical part is easier to access? I do, because the logical part is basically... Uh, based in in your experience and your knowledge, like okay, I know that I know it, this probably needs a bridge, or you know, you you've heard a million songs, you you have all these methods, and yeah. um, I really think that's what the logical brain is. But the creative brain is like, ooh, you know what? You're right, that is a method. But what if we did the opposite and just, or what if we? try something we haven't tried before yeah wouldn't that be cool (laughs) how much how much success so you've been checking into this stuff here recently and reading and 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 sort of learning and how do you feel like you it's up to your game uh i won't say that it's it's made me hmm. well i i it makes it more fun it makes it more fun to just get excited about it. I have a, a song on my album, it's called Came From Nothing, which is another song that's completely was a jam that was really easy to edit into a song. Um, and that song is about this exact thing. Like it came from nothing, then it was made. And it's not like a stroke of genius. It's totally just like I was open to it and it happened. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's way more fun um, if you can be humble about it and and not feel like you want to just do it and get all the credit for making something awesome, you know? I know. Isn't that a tricky, weird part of the this you whole know. process and discussion is, you know, you're you're working toward tapping into that thing, but then once you get there, you can't get too hung up on, oh, I'm here now, you know, because it's all, yeah. all a journey. But yeah. I think I love what you're saying about listening and receiving and it's sort of runs counter a little bit to the kind of ego element and maybe that's more on the organized side this is who we are this is what we do this is the known quantity versus what's out there totally and you said it said something cool a while ago i've that i will connect to another thing that i've i got in the habit of meditating religiously every morning um during the pandemic and learning more about that and learning more about myself and how my brain seems to work and probably most people's brains. But, uh, cool. But that, 
that carries into all this to me. And like you said, sometimes when you're on stage and you just feel it doesn't feel good or you don't feel right, sometimes the best thing you can do is just pay attention to what's around you. Yeah. Like, what's that guy playing? I'm just going to groove on that for a minute. Or, uh, you know, what's what's the um, fiddle player playing right yeah. now or whatever. Um, but, like, uh, that's kind of what meditation is all about. It's just, like, focusing on something in your body or a noise, a sound or something. Um, in fact, that's a really common technique for, for mindfulness meditation. It's just, like, there's, like, a maybe an AC or a ceiling fan clinking around and you just focus on that. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your meditation practice? Is that, was that a newer thing during this? I mean, last... it's something I've always done off and on, but never with much routine. So it's just the first time I got into, you know, at least 10 or 15 minutes every morning. Okay. Um, and, uh, I just find it, it's a, it's a good way to sort of reboot and, and, the things that I've learned in it just about trying how to be present, you know, um, totally applies to songwriting and everything. It it applies to like, you know, being with people and, and relating to people. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I, what what you said, uh, there is something about your, your songwriting tip and, you know, I've had meditation practice off and on, but, uh, to me, sometimes when it's hard to sit and meditate, walking meditation can oftentimes be easier for a very similar yeah. reason, just because you you have this simple baseline level of you're occupied, and somehow that yes. allows you to quiet your mind a little bit and, and yep. um, even just slip a little bit into that phase of, of just being quiet. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think like sitting meditation is just, like that except it's it's more challenging is all so it's like it is. swinging two bats you know what i mean it's yeah. just a little bit extra like okay but can you do it can you sit still and do that but i think a walking whether you even call it meditation is a great just just walking you know just going yeah. on a hike think about what it takes to focus on like going up a trail or whatever it's perfect it just zones you in on little details yeah and it also takes a little bit of the you know meditation doesn't have to be this very focused i mean it can no. be it can be a more um casual thing that you dip in and out of it can be very very focused but but you're um, right i think viewing it as something a little bit more accessible has been helpful for me (laughs) me too absolutely do you tie that in any like specific way to your songwriting process or your your music your art um i suppose i do i think a lot of it is subconscious but yeah but even things like you know, some of what I've learned about meditation is just to be to focus on details um, and things that you might not normally focus on. For instance, just like if you're eating, like instead of multitasking, looking at your phone and eating and having a conversation, you know, uh, just eating and just being really aware of what mm-hmm. it looks like, what it tastes like, you know, um, and sometimes that's what makes a good that kind of detail and attention to it is meditative for but it's also something that makes you present you have to be present just to get that but like when you're creating something same kind of thing like as a songwriter 
like describing something you know like a good song oftentimes has images and you really get inside like what is it what is what's happening in this song what does it look like what does it feel like what is what color is it what does yeah. it smell like what is it like to be there and just focusing on that and and lyrically anyway just writing things down or it could be a soundscape like a real soundtrack kind of thing but but you have to have that certain kind of attention to detail and that automatically puts you in the present you know it just puts you in and whether you're being meditate meditating or you're being creative um i think that's the ultimate state for for yeah. that you know i'm inspired man yeah <laughs> this, me too i really, love i love talking this about is, this stuff this is really cool well <coughs> it's you know some a, a theme that does come up a lot when i'm talking to musicians is you know, the long arcing progression of being an artist. You need things to reboot and to refresh and you need yes. new techniques. And, and you know, right now, I love this idea of going into the studio and capturing raw things that, you know, you don't have to look at that like, oh, this is a demo or this is a, a rehearsal, yeah. you know. And that's the process now. And, you know, it may be something totally different a few years from now, you know. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That could be a phase. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But just that that goal of striving to, you know, look at it as a practice. And we have to find things, these awesome techniques to kind of, you know, connect with yourself, see see what's in there, be free, listen, and, and be inspired. You know, you're always having Absolutely. to evolve that that element of of being an artist yes um absolutely so what's coming up for you man what's uh what's what are plans like for the next well, you know the, um, the coming year i'm getting ready for the first uh wood brothers tour um uh in june um so we have wood brothers tours starting in june um and I've got a solo tour in July, but then after that, it's a lot of a lot of Wood Brothers tours. And I guess we're—I uh, don't know about you guys, but we have a pretty like all indoor fall, and I mean for the most part, a lot of theater shows and stuff like that that I assume are going to happen. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know it's still a little bit of a—it's <laughs> not—it's not exactly clear where things are headed, but I will say it looks—it's looking a lot better now than it has. Yeah in a very yeah. long time and I think everyone's just excited to get back out there and start playing and taking advantage yeah. of this this warm weather that'll that'll help yeah. sort of kick that in but yeah, yeah. we've we've got I, a we've got a similar thing we got shows coming yeah. up I'm sure we'll cross paths we always do I can't wait man thank you so yeah. much for joining me today this has been incredibly interesting and inspiring my and I'm, pleasure, man. I'm gonna go my fire pleasure. up my recording rig and just just see what happens. I, I love <laughs> Go for it. that. But uh, congrats on the new record, Oliver. Really, Thank you so much. Really Chris. awesome. And Thank there's a uh, few singles that are already out. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you in the future. And I can't wait till our paths cross again, brother. Likewise, man. Please right. tell your, uh, your, your boys I said hello to. I will, man. Thanks so much for joining me. All right. Take care. How cool was that? So much great advice and intel in that conversation with Oliver Wood. Huge thanks to Oliver for joining me today. Go check out his new record, Always Smiling. 
Thanks also to EMG Pickups for helping me make the podcast happen and to Osiris Media for helping me get the podcast out there. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode featuring the incomparable Molly Tuttle. Do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, help me tell the world about everything that's going on here at Inside the Musician's Brain, and I'll catch you back here in two weeks for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Introducing the TikTok Viral Lash Serum Grande Lash MD from the leaders in Lash and Brow Care Grande Cosmetics. Backed by 15 years of real clinical results, where 91% saw longer-looking lashes. With over 35,000 five-star reviews, this product started a lash serum revolution. With over 10 million sold and over 100 award wins brand-wide, believe the hype. Start your lash transformation today and get 15% off using code LASHES15. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.